WTOC AM, W236CR Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Wednesday, November 29th. The month of November rapidly mm, wrapping up. Uh, December is here Friday. Uh, yeah, and then it's on. It's on already anyway. I don't know why I say and then it's on. It seems like December 1st, though, makes it really feel like it's it's on because it's the month of December. Uh, anyway, um, on the show today, uh, a short time ago right here in the city of Indianapolis, uh, ground was broken for the new Riverside Adventure Park. Uh, so what is it and when will it be ready? Well, we'll speak with one familiar city official who was there and will be with us to tell us more. Uh, right now, though, after a long holiday break, let's bring back our contributing analyst, James Patterson. <laughs> Hello there, hey. stranger. <laughs> hey, was I gone that long? Uh, no, no, no. I We were both gone. We were both gone. For yeah, we were, but we were still gone to spell, weren't we? It's been yeah. like a week and a half since I've been with you. It's been a minute. Did you get rested? Did you get rested up and have a... Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get rested anytime I can, you know? Okay. How was your, how was your Thanksgiving? It was really, really, really nice. Um, I would have to say... I didn't eat too much, although I didn't skimp on food either. I went ahead <laughs> and did the <laughs> the Thanksgiving thing. Um, and I, Tina, I was going to tell you this. Uh, during the holiday, one day I ate three desserts. So don't hit me, okay? Why would I do that? <laughs> one day you had three desserts, okay? Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, I mean, one of you might be familiar with somebody, a close relative, brought me a donut back from Evansville that rivals our long donuts, and it and the business is called the Donut Bank. I think I may have heard of that. I think yeah. I may have heard of that. Yeah, and it's. I'd have to say it's right up there with Long's, if if not a nose ahead, because it's just slightly, you know, slightly more. Um, what did you? What would you say? I'd say filling than the Long's, although it's got the same yeast texture. Um, it's really good. And then I had, I think, one piece of pie, uh, apple pie, along with that dessert, and the other no. Two pieces of apple pie. I recall now. Two pieces of apple pie and one donut from the donut bank in Evansville. So I was bad that day, but otherwise I was pretty good. Yeah. You know what? Um, I have a cousin that used to work there, uh, and she, you know, she was uh, traveling. Uh, and so she would uh, cycle in periodically when, when she was assigned to Evansville. And um, she told me about some donuts that were there because she and I were having a Long's versus the rest uh, argument. And I told her, I said, look, I don't eat that many sweets, uh, if at all, but I do like a, a Long's donut every now and then. And I said, not too many compare. And she said, well, this one place down in Evansville, yeah. Tina, I'm telling you, it's good. And I'm going to bring some back. Um, although I think the job expired before she was able to get. But so the, it's called the, the Donut Factory? The Donut Bank. The Donut yeah. Bank. The Donut Bank. Yeah. 
So in your many travels, especially down to southern Indiana, Tina, if you swing by Evansville or try the Donut Bank, so it's really good. So it was, and you only had one. I had one of the. Well, she brought me, she brought me three, and somebody who lives with me scarfed <laughs> one. Away. Okay. <laughs> but I was able to, I was able to keep two, so I had one, and then I had one the next day. So I was uh-huh. I had the first. <laughs> Something good with your coffee. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so James, uh, whew, I don't yeah. know where to start since we were last here. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. The, the, um, like I said, uh, the the city, I, I believe Councilor Duke Oliver is going to be calling in. Um, he was over there this morning with the groundbreaking at the Riverside. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that with him. Um, we, yeah, that's, a, that's a beautiful facility. I'd like to speak yeah. with him about that already. That You know, the Riverside Park's got a lot of history. You know, Tina, and then they're going to enhance it with this uh with this uh, new adventure park, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, we seldom, if ever, start with uh, sports. But, yeah. um, you know, kind of an interesting move by the hometown team. For Number one, uh, believe it or not, they are smack dab in the thick of things in terms of a playoff possibility. I don't want to say, you know, they, but, but you know, they're, they have a winning record right now. They do. Uh, but uh, the release of... Uh, uh, Shaq Leonard was kind of a surprise, uh, although he hadn't been getting a lot of playing time and he's had a lot of, you know, uh, health concerns. So, yes and well, no, but, oh, okay, no, go ahead. Well, I'll just say this. I don't know what you're going to say. I, I can just imagine the the guy that they picked up to replace him did uh, get an interception mm-hmm. in, um, in in the last game that they had. And kind of sealed that 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 win. I think it was against Tampa Bay. He got an interception, number forty-eight. But having said that, you know, it was a good um, business move, and and that's what the. I mean, this is a, this is a corporation. It's a team. Everybody loves it. They wear their cold stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a corporation, and they make business moves. Having said that, uh, Shaq, uh, he, he is a great player. Period. He's a great player, and I would just I, I would just wish that corporations, Shaquille Leonard, Shaq Leonard, whatever you want to, 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 to call him, is a great player. And I would just hope that corporations, particularly sports corporations, which we're talking about here, would have a little more loyalty. Mm-hmm. They had his picture on the wall uh, of the stadium. I mean, would have a little more loyalty to those who helped to make the franchise what it is today and this 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 man has given his all he was the heart and soul of the team he got injured i know what happened you know what i'm glad you brought that up because the the last time uh, an icon of the team that i can recall got injured well andrew luck the great quarterback walked away but remember uh uh uh, number 18 oh yeah (laughs) by the name of peyton manning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they he got injured and, you know, after a while, they waited, waited, they let him go. He went to Denver and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. That's the, yeah. That's the kind of thing I said. I mean, I just am um, really inebriated. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm really just bothered by the fact that they give up on somebody so quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm taken aback, I guess is a better term, by the fact that they – don't 
value loyalty. Now, I can't, you know, Jim is a good guy. I mean, he does a lot for the community. He did the right thing in giving uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor that contract extension because the guy can flat out run and play. But uh, that, to me, was was – uh, it's it just a strictly business move without heart. So you might as well say what it was. That's what it was. Well, I I would even – strictly business because I think the heart, um, the heart part of it, I think that there was a lot of respect um, on both sides because uh, shortly after – my understanding is shortly after he learned he was released, he kept his obligation to the team and to the community to go and do the uh, the pre-Thanksgiving uh, turkey giveaway, the turkey distribution. So he showed up for that. Yeah. And he came to the game um, and sat there. And, you know, they had a video tribute to him. And he sat yeah. there and he supported his former teammates. He did. Yeah, and apparently – while he was in the suite, some um, some of the leadership from the Colts uh, and their kids came in and they were all, you know, whatever. So I, I think the heart um, somehow that, you know, I, I don't know the the I, I don't know how heartless, but the business is heartless. OK, I get that. I, I see what you're saying. The business side of that is exactly. is heartless. I mean, but there's you know, can, no, go what ahead. About saying, Tina, I'm sorry. What, what about saying, hey. You know, you're not you're not cutting it right now. We're playing you third down. Let's you know put you on the the tax the taxi squad or whatever it is that the squad that they have for people mm-hmm. they don't play every um, the practice squad and 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 then for a while and then you know bring you up. But just to release nobody picked him up. I mean, he 24 hours on waivers and nobody picked him up. He's obviously still hurt. He had major back surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe I could see, you know, they, they, they weren't heavy handed. They were, you know, they tried to show some respect. Um, but, you know, I mean, to me, if somebody gives you that much, you got to give back. I don't care. You know, it's, it's about wins and losses. And I understand that. So maybe I would not be a good football owner. Oh, I, I know I certainly would not get too too involved, too caught up because you're right. It it just uh, um and you know, it was uh yeah, I I'm not so sure and I've listened to a lot of commentary since then. I'm not so sure that I would have been as gracious as he was. Uh but then mm-hmm. someone else said that it just showed the the mutual respect <laughs> that both sides had for each other and the understanding that it, it is indeed a business and and we move on. So he honored all of his obligations prior to, you know, just minutes be you know, right before he was cut and he came to the game uh at, at in and supported his his team, his former team and he's going to move on and um you know i you know they all i mean i guess all cuts don't have to be um uh stinging and and um uh ugly or nasty i i, I don't know it just uh but um yeah but you're right and and really the talk about somebody that gave the team an identity gave the city brought the city back to life paid for the stadium and everything that was peyton manning and he certainly deserved uh better yeah. Uh, then, uh, you know, the first time he gets a serious injury, then, you know, you got to go. But uh, that uh, but Leonard, what he I mean, he performed uh, the whole time he was here. He was outstanding. So he was outstanding. He was the face of the team. He yeah. fired up the defense. He gave them a reason to want to win. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be you've got to say, look, we might not win all the games, you know, especially those away. But you come to my house, mm-hmm. if you want to win here. You're going to have to pay. 
because you got to go through us. And, and home turf, we're protecting. And he, yeah. was, he was the identity there. You know, we had an interesting question yesterday. Um, and by the way, uh, we, we'll open the lines. Uh, yes, uh, Counselor Oliver will be calling in a little bit later, but we'll open the lines for now. 317-239-1310. Uh, and it was a question that Jeff asked about uh, Ursay, Jim Ursay, uh, and, you know, this now infamous interview that he gave uh, where he uh, uh, just flat out said that, you know, being a white billionaire, he was targeted by uh, uh, Carmel police. And I didn't really have much of an answer yesterday. And I still and I told Jeff I'd go back and look at it or what have you. Um, I I still don't think that you know, just from the after looking at it again, I still I, I guess I stand by what I said. Um, even though you may feel that way, you are in a position of leadership and probably not probably you shouldn't go down that road because it's not it's not a good look. Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, we just, you know, we got to be frank about it. And yeah. not, nothing to Mr. Ursay. Like I said, he does. A he does a lot. He does a lot. I, I can't take that from him. Um, but, you know, historically, if you look at the news clips, he, he did. He admitted that he had a substance abuse problem mm-hmm. at one point. So, you know, I, I don't know if that kind of puts you on the police radar or whatever. But I would say to him, you know, that's a good point. Uh, driving while uh, a billionaire, but we have another <laughs> DWB driving while black. So I would say welcome to the club. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that, too. There's that, too. There's a lot of different ways to look at it. But I, I, I just wish he would have kept that to himself or with family or whatever, because, mm. I, you know, like you say, for all the good he's done uh, and everything. Thing and then to say, hey, I'm being picked on because I'm rich. Um, nah. That's kind of a stretch. It, it is. Well, yeah, know, kind of a stretch. Kind of a stretch. Kind of a stretch. But, um, and so um, we we also talk, I guess we, we'll go from today backwards. Uh, yesterday, I haven't seen anything in the news, so I don't. I don't think it was too much picked up, but you know the uh, I was talking yesterday. I got a, a text from um, Elder Ajabu. Uh, and he and the Party for Socialism and Liberation, Indianapolis, um, joined uh, concerned clergy in the call for uh, the removal of IMPD Chief Randall Taylor. Now, they were supposed to have a gathering yesterday at noon outside the mayor's office. They were calling on the mayor uh, to fire Chief Taylor. I haven't seen a whole lot uh, about that. So, um, I haven't seen any news reports. I haven't either. So they may not have even done it. I don't know. Um, it was really, really cold yesterday. Extremely sure. cold. That may have been. But I, and and I'll repeat this too. Um, I, I think you know the 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 focus, of course, was uh, police shootings of of civilian citizens. Right, seventeen hmm. so far this year. Eight fatal. Eleven since August third. Majority of the uh, suspects shot. Uh, were black males. Uh, the majority of the uh, officers doing the shooting were white males. Um, so, you know, the numbers are there. Um, but again, I don't think the solution is right there at the chief's office. I don't. Um, no, no. I, I, it's you know, mo- I've uh, stated my position on that before. I, I just don't think that we should um, zero in on the chief as the the, the you know, the failure point for people. I mean, we had this this morning, um, some teens got Mm -hmm. into it on the southwest side of of the city, Mm -hmm. and one teen ended up dead. Another one is is being 
question. Was that the KFC where the, he got fired and came back and shot, or was this a no, different one? Another one. Uh, another this one. one okay. happened this morning on the southwest side, and mm. it, uh, it it was a, a, a dispute at a house. 4 a.m. What's a 15-year-old doing up at 4 a.m. Uh, with his friends outside? And one thing led to another. Somebody got shot. And uh, who's that police spokeswoman? I can't remember. Is it Burris? Oh, Simone Burris, yes. Yeah, she had tears in her eyes. If you see the clip, Tina, take a look at it. She had tears. She must have seen the body of the of the of the teen victim. Mm-hmm. This, you know, police officers have said this impacts them when they're looking at all these dead bodies. They're tired. They're tired of it. And that you know that just circles back to the a great conversation I had um, yesterday with uh, Reverend Richard Hunter. Uh, in his Christmas help program. And in addition to, you know, food and and food supplies for the next week and and some other things, he asked the sheriff's department for gun locks. And he asked uh, Dr. Kane, of course, or the the Marion County Public Health Department, for COVID tests. Because he said, if we're going to help people, we got to help them be safer uh, all the way around. Your physical safety, your, you know, your... You're just just all the way around. And he said there are too many people with guns and it's too careless. And he said police are. I said, so sheriff didn't blink an eye when you asked for 700. He said, no, because they're tired of it, too. They're tired of going every day, sometimes two and three times a day to see people sprawled out on the floor or where on the ground, wherever shot. Shot. And so I um, I can't. I, you see, I couldn't even keep up. I was thinking you were talking about the, uh, the one on the south side with the K. That that one was not fatal, although the, uh, uh, the the person who was shot was shot in the head. It says, uh, he was yeah, he was fired. Uh, went took a gun, went back and and shot the manager. You know, so. that, that, you know what, Tina? That's miseducation in my view. That's part of it. Okay, that's not the mm-hmm. whole. But part of it is miseducation to think, as Simone Burr said to think that a gun, that a gun can make the situation better or mm-hmm. make the situation better for you or solve the problem because you don't understand the depth of what happens when you pull that trigger. That's what Dion was saying yesterday. It's so final. You shouldn't even have one if you're not prepared to take a life. You shouldn't even put your hands on one uh, if you're not prepared to take a life. That's right. You you just simply absolutely positively should not. Um, and... You know, to me, the whole the whole gun situation is spiraling out of control because now there are people that that are going to get guns that have no business with guns and saying, well, I got to have a gun because I got to protect myself against the other person who's got a gun. And if I don't have a gun, the person with the gun's going to get me. And it goes on and on. And it's an it's it's just an endless cycle. Absolutely. Endless ex- escalation. It's an escalation. Um, and there are guns that are meant for protection, Tina. Could end up in the wrong hands. Most you often know, they do. Killing somebody, killing somebody without thought. But yeah, you laid it out. Most often they do, and uh, so I, I just thought how ingenious and how really, really caring, uh, and paying attention to this community was Reverend Hunter and his uh, employees and staff, uh, volunteers and staff, that they would think. You know, Reverend Hunter led the way with that. He said, no, he said, we got to He said, this is not going to cure all of it, but we got to start somewhere. It'll help with part of it, even if it helps one or two. It's going to help somebody. 
each one reach one. Some yeah, help. yeah, it's going to help. So uh, they are giving away. Yeah, but if she was crying, but anyway, I say that circles back to um, to what uh, Reverend Hunter was saying. She was crying. You, it gets to you. If you're a human being, you can only do this stuff so long, and it just before it gets to you. Yes. And it just seems to be a bottomless pit, and there doesn't seem to be any. But I know. So how old were these these youngsters that? They were teens. Teen. Okay. The victim. I'm not certain, but I. I it. It was a teen that was killed. One's um, dead. Let me just look mm-hmm. that up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me look. I. I it was a teen. Okay. But and I'll, where was it at? For, this morning. Southwest side. And Southwest it was this morning. Side. Yeah. Four or five o'clock in the morning before school. Yeah. yeah. Well before school. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know they weren't up for school. Yeah. No. I wonder if they were in school. I mean, you know, students were just. Uh, um. Don't know, Tina. Um, Let me look it up here too, James. Yeah. <sighs> Let's see. It's, it's it's just so sad, and and not only. I mean, you know, we need to do all that we can do along with prayer. I think uh, I heard a little bit of Reverend Hunter, and he was saying this is mm-hmm. just the spirit. You know, so we got to clamp down and do what we can to combat spiritual wickedness as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, okay, yeah, Beach Grove is the... Uh, that's the shoe. That's the last one I heard about. Let me see about the other one. Oh, okay, let's see, Tina. I know. Uh-uh. It was a fifteen-year-old dispute leads to shooting on Indy's southwest side. One person dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how old is that victim? Hold on. Uh, Metropolitan called a person shot just after four a.m. Thirty-two hundred block of South Holt Road. Officers arrived. Male lying in the road. Pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, identified him 18-year-old Wyatt Andrew Payton. 18. 18. Simone Burris, public information officer for the department, uh, said this started as as a disturbance. At some point, third party intervened in the dispute and shots were fired. Wow. Uh, The teenager was that a teenager was taken into custody for questioning. Burris told reporters the teen is believed to be the person who intervened and fired the shots. Yeah, we don't know he'll be, uh, if it is a he or if it was, uh, um, you know, self-defense. We don't know what he, if he will be charged at all, if it is a he. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do know that both the victim and the suspected shooter were teens. Mm-hmm. So here we go again. Conflict resolution just is just, I don't know. Yeah, there, there's, there's no such that is prevalent right now. There is no conflict revolution, resolution. There is no... Um, you know, yeah. but with all of the initiatives and programs and uh, all of the money that's that's yeah. being spent toward dismantling and, and making things better, somehow we keep missing the point unless these initiatives are so long-range that it's going to take years for them to show. You know, I I don't know. But to me, I'm frustrated. There's so many resources and so much energy and so many people who are earnestly trying to help, and nothing seems to be working. Yeah, because they don't 
they're not hearing it. They they don't care. Just like we just said, gun and like uh, Officer Burris said, guns are not the solution. She was begging parents, anybody with influence, actually is what she intimated, anyone with influence over these young people, mm-hmm. you have got to let them know the dangers of dealing with guns and, and, and you know, acting uh, on emotion and, you know, destroying another life because you're not only destroying one life, you're touching so many lives mm-hmm. when you pull that trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the line between reality and uh, a digital world, if you will, is, is, is kind of blurred, I think, too, because we have to we have to figure out, you know, it's the same thing with voting. We, we have to figure it out. I mean, we can sit and describe it and talk about our frustrations about the fact that it's not happening. But until we can drill down and figure out why or what it is and attack from that perspective and from that angle, we're going to keep chasing our tails and running around in circles just like we are with this 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 violence thing. I mean, I, I think both voting and violence, um, especially young teen and, and younger, I, I think that it's multifaceted. Um, yeah. you're right, uh, parental, but I mean, goodness gracious, where, wow. You know, some people say it's the school. Some people say, you know, it's, uh, the, the church. Some people say it's the, you know, the peers. Some folks say, you know, it's probably a combination of, of all of it. But I, I, I think we have yet to harness, I, I won't say the silver bullet, but I think we've yet to harness the right path. I just do because there's just too much, so many resources being out. I mean, look at how long Reverend Harrison has been laboring out there and to great, uh, you know, he's, he's been criticized and called names and called, you know, you know what and everything else, uh, but he's out there, you know, he's out there trying, you know, he's out there trying to do something. Um, you know, and then one person's pointing a finger at another and this and that, well, there, you know, my, it's, it's, ugh. Yeah, I I don't know. We got to We got to We just have to be um, uh, we have to be better. And I just don't think, you know, again, to circle all the way back to earlier, <laughs> I don't think the chief of police has anything to do with that. And and I think nothing. if you're planning, I, I would plant my pole right there at the state house. Uh, right there down the street, Dion and Dion and I, we were a little concerned because we agreed on just about everything yesterday. Uh, so, uh, but he and I both agreed that you know it's it's misplaced uh, if you think that getting rid of the chief of police is going to solve the problem or help solve the problem. It's going to just sow more division, more division than what we already have. That's what it's going to do. And uh, but uh, you know, if the police can't make people act right he can't make people um you know put pick up a gun Mm -hmm. when an officer is commanding them to do something or show a gun Mm -hmm. when we know full well that when you give uh when you brandish a weapon the officer in many cases with qualified immunity which we have taken issue with a lot uh, because it co- sort of carte blanche gives officers, but the law is what the law is right now, and it gives them the choice. 
if they they can you know feel that they're threatened, um, then they then they have the right to 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 respond under the law. They might ha- not have the moral right to do it, but under the law they can do it. And, the, and there there there's those police shootings. But we have far many more people, including children and teens, young adults, taking one another's lives um, than we do have police officers uh, killing people who they claim are a threat to them. Yet neither should take place. Neither should take place because I do understand the outcry from the public about uh, these, these public servants that we pay uh, out of our tax dollars are, are in place to, to serve and protect. And so we should not be uh, mistreated, but nor should we be mistreating each other either. We shouldn't be mistreating each other, but um, yeah, there, there's a lot, there's a lot there, but uh, I don't know where it all ends. Uh, The the thing of it is, um, and when we talk about the legislature, we got a, we got a really nice article uh, the other day from our good friend at the urban league, Mark uh, Russell. Let's take a quick break and uh, you know, just kind of go over that because I think it mirrors what we've been talking about and it mirrors what's going on right here uh, in the city of Indianapolis and the state of Indiana. We'll be right back with more right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here with our contributing analyst, James Patterson. Uh, James, we talked about it at the top of the show, uh, and he is here with us now, City County Councilor uh, Duke Oliver. Uh, Councilor Oliver, how are you? Oh, I'm just, I'm just fine. Feeling real good today, real good. How about you and James? Oh, feeling real good. Well. Feeling real good. Feeling real good. So, a uh, big event today this morning, eleven o'clock. What yeah. happened? <laughs> it was huge. It was really huge. Uh, the community turned out. Uh, various officials associated with the city and partnered with the city to make this dream come true. So, tell us about. Was, we're talking about the Riverside project? Adventure. Yeah, tell us about the project. The project. About, oh. It, the development over there. Yeah, the Riverside Adventure it. Park. Yes, yeah. Indy Parks. Yeah. Indy Parks hosted. Yeah. Well, for those of you who may yeah may not be uh, familiar, uh, we talked about it at the top of the show. But today, this morning uh, at 11 a.m., uh, Indy Parks hosted a groundbreaking uh, for the Riverside Adventure Park. Uh, the park is going to uh, transform the old Riverside Golf Course into a unique. Uh, green space with uh, trails, pavilions, plazas, playgrounds, and more. I must admit, uh, Councilor Oliver, I was a little upset when they closed uh, the Riverside uh, Golf Course, but uh, the fact that they're going to transform it into something even even greater than just golf uh, is exciting. Oh, oh yes. And, and if I can, I want. I'm down here at the Country Kitchen. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Miss Cynthia is going to join us a little bit. The, the co-owner with the husband is going to join us in a moment. But with me right now is Reverend Larry Bates. We're on the park board, and we all have something to say about the development of our park system, and particularly today about the Riverside Park over there. That's going to be the golf course will be developed into a a giant uh, park for the whole family, uh, and it's, it's just fantastic, Tina. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
Oh, you want to hear? Well, let me let me give you a little background here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> on development, many many of many of listeners are probably not of the same generation as myself. Uh, that I first visited the area as a ten-year-old, walking through that Riverside Golf Course over there. Uh, this was 1953. Uh, so, at that time, um, just a 10-, 11-year-old kid walking through that golf course and seeing those little things out there in the, in the grass on our way over to the uh, uh, to the ponds over there. And there was a golf ball. We didn't know what that was. And we picked them up like little balls. And the men started yelling at us, put their ball down. We were walking. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of funny. But that was back then. And certainly down through the years, uh, uh, we would play baseball over there and things like that. And it brought us up to present day. So there are many, many persons that were there. They remember those days when it was just a golf course and the community had developed over there uh, during the Great Migration, uh, coming forth to Indianapolis and residing over there. And the amusement center that was there is no longer there. So the city and the community over there wanted more than what they were getting. And there were three golf courses over there. Uh, it got to the point to where they weren't getting played as much as the income that they should be getting, could be getting, to pay for the overhead and some uh, drainage systems they had with one of the golf courses over there, Riverside being one of it. So the city closed it down, wanted to close it down, and developed that along with the community, partnership with the Riverside Civic community and many others in developing that into a giant uh, uh, park for the whole family. Uh, I support that. The community over there, uh, Reverend Larry Bates, is here on the park board. Gives a little background from his perspective. But that's development over there in the community as well as being served the development of that those acres and acres and acres over there that will contain many and all types of recreation entertainment for the full family. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay, go ahead. Who, who do you have with yeah. you? Hello, Tina. This is Larry Bates. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing good. Uh, it, it's really interesting for me to be on this parks board and to, to be able to vote for projects such as this Adventure Park and as well as the family centers and, 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 and all the uh, additional things that are happening, like at Douglas Park and, and, and so forth. Um, I'm going to approach it from a different perspective. I remember being a kid, and you had Riverside Amusement Park there, and we were not permitted to even go to the park. And, and at the end, we, 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 we were able to go in, but by that point, it was, it was on its last leg, and, and so eventually it was torn down. But to be in a position now to be able to vote on projects like this and see them come to uh, fruition, it, it, it's really a great thing for me because uh, I remember as a kid, we'd, we'd go to Riverside Park. You know, I, my, I had some relatives that lived over in that area, and we'd go over and play in the park as little kids and, you know, and even have some picnics uh, uh uh, you know, when we were growing up, uh, back when families did those things together, uh, I, one of the things, let me say this, one of the things I'm, 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 I'm hoping for in our park system is that it'll, it'll, we'll get more young people, more kids involved in, in parks because, uh, you know, I, I grew up over by Military Park. And, mm -hmm. uh, as a kid, you know, we, we played in that park uh, at, 
And by the way, George McGinnis lived on uh, uh, Douglas Street back in those days, and so he played in the park, and Marvin Winkler, somebody might not know that name, but, but Marvin played for the Pacers for a little while. But uh, So we had a lot of people on the west side who, who played in Military Park. And uh, now, you know, you'll see more concerts uh, for grown folks at parks now, and you see activities for kids. So I'm a little excited about this adventure park, so I, I, I'll say that much. Wow. Um, James, uh, you said you had a lot of questions before. Uh, I did? <laughs> before we started, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you yeah. said you had, a, you had a couple. Yeah, I had questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, Tina, you know, the, the press release says that the – Riverside Regional Park, which it is now, uh, with this new Riverside Adventure Park uh, groundbreaking, is going to eventually turn into a unique green space with trails, pavilions, plazas, playgrounds. So whom am I asking, Councilman Oliver or or, or, uh, Larry Bates, but whomever, um, I want to know specifically what that's going to mean, like, what what kinds of trails are they going to be and how, you know, how many miles of trails or, or half miles or whatever? And pavilions, what what kind of pavilions will, will people see? I mean, what's going to be the attraction to get young people or any folks over there specifically? Can you tell us about the different pieces to this uh, this this new adventure park? Well, thank you for that, James. Uh, let me promenade that will circle again down there right now at 18th Street and Riverside Drive and kind of circle around South Grove Golf Course down Riverside Drive, a big giant walkway. If if you ever familiar, if you're familiar with Garfield Park, where uh, residential uh-huh. properties surround the park itself, and that's a gift and, and the, to have that to have a park as your front yard. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to take place over there at Riverside Park and the development of the promenade around the surrounding golf course over there. The park itself will contain so many amenities for the total family. It will become what it is already. Uh, it's becoming a place to where if I have, a, and I do have a cousin in Memphis, in Chicago, uh, that would be a site that they want to come to for the development of our park system as it is today and the continued development of it, which includes the $80 million that were donated from the Lilly Foundation to build up, because they don't, they build up the parks and the park system in the downtown central part of the city is essential for those that want to come and reside and work in Indianapolis. We have those type of selling points for the realtors and others to come to Indianapolis because we have great green space, parks in the central part of the city, so forth and so on. So the development of Riverside, Douglas, West Montgomery, Washington, Garfield, I mean, it's just two years from now a visitor that left, a, a person left and went to California, five years ago, and come back to Indianapolis, they would be looking for landmark and markers because it looked like what downtown Chicago was 30 years ago. <clears throat> you would just see new everything. 
Yeah. And that's what's going to happen to the city of Indianapolis through the base of development of our park. Uh, so if you were one, if you were ever wondering what what was going to take place, and, and I'm sure that it's it's been in the news uh, with the uh, the closing of the golf course, uh, and as you know, golf courses are pretty expansive. They're 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 huge, and that one was, you know that was a full 18 holer, uh, 18 hole golf course. Um, so there's a lot of room out there, uh, and it sounds like there's going to be a lot of attractions. How soon? Um, will residents be able to start enjoying things? You know, when will it be complete? Well, it's, I think, in 24. It's going to take a, it's, it's a whole lot to be done over there, and a whole lot of money is going to be spent in doing that. Mm-hmm. And the groundbreaking was today, so we get into all of, part of the winter, a little of the winter, some stuff be going on. Mm-hmm. But in 24, it will continue. Now, when the park itself will open up, we're hoping in, in the summer of 24, more like 25, because that's a giant project, mm-hmm. a real giant project. And you got a uh, uh, floodplain over there. You got the Riverside, uh, I mean, the White River Parkway going by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got a water system over there underground, literally a lake underground. Mm-hmm. It had to be routed and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. over there, I would say less than two years, we would see something very proud of. And the Riverside community, the civic organization, and others over there in the Riverside area, and all over the city, are really excited because that is where the majority of the dollars earmarked for the park system, many of those dollars are going in over the Riverside. And I want to put my head off to those board members, uh, those new board members that have been on now the park board for three or four years, they've been instrumental and voting and getting this that been advocates and listening to the community and advocating that the city in partnership with the community doing the things that were not done in the past as the way that uh, we would like them to be and for the commitment and perhaps uh, board person uh, Mr. Bates would comment on that. Well, uh, and James, you asked earlier what, what's going to be the attraction to bring uh, uh, the people back especially young people. Uh, yeah. There's a lot, lot, of, lot of things that are going to be there for young people, splash pads and different things that are going to be attractive for young people to be. Other than just a swimming pool, you, you know, we, we got a swimming pool currently at, at, at Riverside Park. And, uh, but, but if you'll notice, and I'm going to use the word gentrification, uh, a lot of people who were raised in Indianapolis as they've grown older, have moved to outer suburbs of, of, of Indianapolis, Brownsburg, Avon, and, and places like this. And I'm not, you know, people can live where they want to, uh, but I'm looking to try to figure out how we're going to get those people back to our city uh, so they can, again, start utilizing what's, what's being there. Uh, I, I don't want to approach this strictly from a minority perspective, but I have no choice to. Um, you know, we, you know, when, when I look at, at neighborhoods that I grew up in, uh, and I see where they are now and I see the expense of everything, I, I you know, I, I'm trying to figure out what's going to bring people back. So again, we've got to focus on our children to get our, our kids back into the parks. I, I don't know about you and, and, and Tina, I don't know about you either, how much you guys use parks when you were growing up. 
But that was oh, absolutely, the yeah. That was a that was a focal point. That was the thing. That's yeah, that's, that's that's where you lived. Yeah, pretty much. That's what we that's what we did every day. Now, you know, when you go to some of our parks, especially in some of our neighborhoods, you know, I see twenty five year olds who want to stay in the park all day, and and a lot of kid, a lot of people don't want to take their kids to the parks because they're they're worried about the safety of their kids. I'm just trying to keep it real. Uh, yeah. You know, we we've got to, and, and I believe. And let me just go on and be me. I, I believe when things start to gentrify, uh, some of the dangers that we may have seen will start going away because there will be more attention and more safety uh, uh, paid to these places. And I think that's what's going to happen with Riverside, Douglas, and, 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 and some of the other parks that are, that are, 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 are becoming notable now. Uh, all we can say is that hopefully if we build it, they'll come. Yeah, what, what about... What is, Oh, okay. Go ahead, James. What about the, uh, our, including myself, that grew up in the 1100 block of West 28th Street, and less than a half mile from Riverside Park, back in 50, early and mid 50s. Um, mm-hmm. we, the use of our Northwestern Park, Douglas Park, that was it would be full of baseball, uh, baseball teams, basketball, football, and over the last 10 to 15 years, our parks have been almost utilized by those that don't live in, not center township, mm-hmm. don't live in the city, but mm-hmm. they borrow our parks that do functions in because many persons that I know grew up with, parents, et cetera, et cetera, have moved out of those traditional neighborhoods, and now they're coming back. Uh, in Crown Hill, we, we have people more people moving in than moving out in the Meadows area, the same thing. In the Douglas area, yes, along the Monon there, uh, the trail there from north to south, and we have more persons that moved out of the city in the 60s and 70s. Now their children are moving back in because of the building of properties, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, they're adding libraries and, and the school system and making group Mass mm. improvements on those things. But the yeah, park, that's because they don't want to pay the the, uh, the travel costs to commute, and they, you know, don't want to pay the taxes that are going up in the suburban counties. But I wanted to ask Mr. Bates just to follow up if I could, Tina. I do mm. have questions, Tina. I do. Yeah, I want, <laughs> I want to ask. Um, you know, you talked about Mr. Bates, uh, who's on the park board. The eighteen million dollars, and I think Councilman Oliver mentioned this as well. Um, what about the upkeep of the of the park of the Riverside Adventure Park? I mean, we get these grand openings and we get these new facilities, and then in a couple of years they are on the verge of becoming unsightly. What about is there any money in that budget to continue to keep the trash picked up and the and the grass cut and and you know the refurbishing and the upkeep? Is there any money for that in yeah. any? money you know that's aimed at that well l- let me let me say this where i sit we don't handle that that part of it okay hmm. uh however when i visit a park and i see something that's not uh, like it should be or up to standard i'm trying to get to somebody who is in in dpw to to say hey look this needs to get done because what i do know james is that the squeaky wheel gets the oil uh so there's 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 money available we've got to we've got to force people to do their jobs 
and I don't really want to get on here and slam any of our workers. I don't want to do that. But, uh, you know, I retired from Ford Motor Company. I, I took pride in my job when I was working. I, I did what I was supposed to do and what I got paid for doing. So it's really about demanding that people, the, the, mon- the funds are there, to, I think, to answer your question. I think yeah. the issue becomes people complaining about what is not up to standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's about the squeaky your- wheel. I mean, Tina had um, council majority uh, leader, the council majority leader on um, Lewis, Maggie Lewis. Maggie Lewis. And, yeah, and, and she talked about that. She used that very same term, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. But, you know, it shouldn't be that way. It should, And it shouldn't be that DPW, Department of Public Works, controls. We were talking about street maintenance and street paving. It shouldn't be that way. I mean, I know that's the way it is. I know that's the way it is, but it shouldn't be that, hey, whoever calls their councilman the most to bug DPW will get the work done. But that's just my take. You know, I mean, I, I just don't like that. Sustainability. Uh, I mean, this is not something new in the world that we're expecting here in Indianapolis. There's always just nowhere in the world. I mean, from Bangkok, Thailand, to Paris, France, uh, to New Jersey, uh, to the south side of, of Chicago, including the city of Indianapolis. We have these challenges. Every every generation has those challenges, and we're attempting to meet those challenges while we sit. Now, so, the sustainability of mm-hmm. building something and then walking away, and then you have cracked windows, uh, things don't get planted, the grass don't get cut. Now, sustainability, the money is there. It's having persons in place to dedicate those dollars or what they were earmarked for mm-hmm. in the beginning, mm-hmm. and that is sustainability. Yeah. When they donate the $80 million to our park department to distribute it across the city of Indianapolis to very initiative at these parks and park centers, the sustainability is there. Yeah. We, you and I and others, part of the community, taxpayers, we are part of that process in participatory democracy. We stand, we watch, and we advocate what's best for our area. And so, can, yeah, we're able to put persons in office mm. and keep them there that do those things. So, Councilor Oliver, very quickly, uh, we've also heard that uh, a lot of times there are groups that keep uh, those who really want to enjoy the park from doing so uh, due to just, uh, you know, aggressive and and not real flattering behavior. Uh, One of our callers, maybe a couple of them said that if if we just had security, just a a car, a police car there, that it might, you know, make things a little bit better uh, because, you know, one or two bad apples are running out the majority and they don't feel safe. So is the ability to to uh to pay for some security not at, not just at at riverside and but just some of the others just to have or park rangers or something there you're absolutely correct and, and that is something that i have observed you've observed uh mr bates has observed many of us observed that our parks in some areas at certain times of the day are being used for their unintended purposes yeah unintended purposes yeah i and many others are advocating that the parks be used for intended purposes. For our daughters and granddaughters, and we ourselves, we go to the parks, and oftentimes uh, our daughters, bringing our grandkids and others to the park, don't feel comfortable enough and mm-hmm. don't use the park because 
some of our uh, children, grandchildren, neighbors, friends, uh, oftentimes in some park, it's the truth, want to use the park for purposes that, that the park wasn't built for. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. we're getting a little, a little bit more aggressive at that and getting the word out in the community that the park is to be used for its intended purposes. Now, when it's being used for other than that, uh, now where the law enforcement or the park rangers come in at is it, kind of touchy there because it's really kind of touchy because the resources mm-hmm. are not there to have stand on, standby police officers uh, at the shelters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of this depends on you and I and others advocating to our own households to use the park system. But if there is any money whatsoever, yeah, I, I don't know how the park ranger system works. I don't know how any of it works. But uh, again, some very astute callers have made a good point. And just a car park there with you know with police presence, that 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 can't be a whole lot of uh, you know a lot of strain on a budget. Uh, it, it just can't be. I, I don't know. But some effort to be made somehow to uh, at least quell it just a little. Just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But well, it just, this is Larry Bates. Um, I certainly understand exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, James, I, I'm going to go back to this to the statement I used. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. Let, let me let me kind of explain what I'm saying. If mm-hmm. I live in a neighborhood and. I go to the park and I want to take my great. I got I got a grandson that's only ninety days old. Okay, hopefully one day oh, I'll be able to to the park. Okay, praise God. Uh, but if if I go to the park, I don't want I don't want to be out there with my grandson. I got thirty five guys standing around with pistols on their hips smoking weed. I'm just yeah. keeping it real. Okay. Well, so that is real. If, if, if that's <laughs> the case, I need I need to call the police myself and say, Hey, y- do y'all know it's twenty five guys over in the park with pistols? Smoking weed. Yeah. If, hey, if you understand one, I do understand mm-hmm. that. We, we let, let's squeeze in a break real quick, and then we'll come right back uh, because we have a caller that wants to weigh in with this as well. Uh, so, very quickly, two minute break, and we'll be right back. WTOC AM, W236 CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we're back with Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby here with our contributing analyst, James Patterson. Our guest, uh, City County Councilor Duke Oliver and Indy uh, Parks Board Member Larry Bates. Uh, We are talking about... The groundbreaking this morning uh, for the new and coming uh, Riverside Adventure Center, Adventure Park. Uh, It's going to be uh, built, erected right there, uh, the site of the old Riverside Golf Course. Uh, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm going to miss the course because I like to play over there. But sounds like something a whole, whole, whole lot better and a lot more uh, you know, that a lot more people in the community could use uh, other than just golfers. So, uh, but we, you know, when we last, we had to take a commercial break and we were talking about 
the sustainability of the park, keeping it clean, the usability, if there's such a word, of the, the use of the park, uh, and the safe use of the park with uh, perhaps uh, some kind of security or some kind of uh, presence to where people are that are meant to use the park, that the park is meant for, can use it and use it comfortably. Uh, and so, uh, Mr. Bates, Reverend Bates, you were talking about uh, you were talking, so go ahead and finish your point before we had to take the break. Well, Tina, I was just saying that, you know, uh, as as far as the and maintenance, I think the question had come up on the maintenance of our parks, okay? Mm -hmm. if, if, if I live in an area close to a park and something is not being maintained, as, as a park uh, board's member, I don't know, you know how many parks there are in this city? I don't have access to all of these parks every day. But if somebody yeah. says, well, okay, okay Reverend Bates, uh, this, we need this over here. I, I was at, uh, uh -huh. I'm trying to think, but Washington Park, and, and the lights were out. Well, I talked mm -hmm. to one of the guys who was over the maintenance. I said, hey, look, somebody needs to address this. But I was only aware of it because when I was there, I saw that the lights were, were not on. Yeah. Uh, and they were out. So, again, my point, and, and, and maybe use, using that phrase, a squeaky wheel, is probably not a good one or a proper one. Honestly, that's really the kind of way life is. Being a pastor, happens. I know that, it happens. that, that yeah. you know, when people need food, they, they call us. Yeah. You know, we, we, I don't know they don't need any food until they call me. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm not trying to defend anything, but and, and, I, and if you go back to what I said, for the people who have the responsibility of, of maintaining these uh parks. Uh -huh. If they're not doing their job, somebody needs to address that. Yeah. Uh, on, on, the, on the sustainability and upkeep of the park. Uh, we just had the groundbreaking on a giant facility over there. I and, and men and women teach uh -huh. our children how to behave and how to act. If one chooses to do something that's not taught by their parents, it has to be addressed at that level. Now, the upkeep of the park and the maintenance at West Montgomery, Riverside, I've been over to where the walkthrough to, to observe uh, and pick up, obviously pick up paper right next to someone at a picnic table mm -hmm. that chooses to litter and a trash can is close by. Also, yeah. seems every every morning, the parks department and public works have workers that come out every morning to every park to pick up things on the ground, take them away, mm -hmm. so the park can be used for the intended purposes. Right. Now, if I or any others choose to use the park for an unintended purpose, the finger should be pointed at the person that's doing that. Not the police officer. Well, we weren't pointing. We weren't pointing at the police officer. I, I think what I was saying was what provisions can be made uh, to, you know, to keep the park as as it should be for as many people yeah. as possible. Yeah, we weren't. I mean, there's no no pointing at the police at all. No, no, just. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. Uh, let, let's go to the phone lines. We have a we have a couple of callers here who want to get in on the conversation. Uh, Lifestyles with Eric. Go ahead. How are you? 
Happy Hump Day to all. Hey, James. Hey, Tina. What's going on? Happy uh, Happy Hump Day. Happy Hump Day, indeed. It is a happy one. Uh, yeah, you know what? I live in that area, and it's uh, coincidental. Coincidental. Today, I did ride past the groundbreaking, actually. I was going around the bend, and I was wondering what was going on. Um, I uh, just got a couple suggestions. Well, a suggestion and a comment. I'm one, I, have, I don't have any little kids anymore, but uh, that's a big space. And seeing that we used to have the old uh, Riverside Amusement Park that uh, blacks couldn't really go to uh, before I was born, um, I, I, I'm just thinking just maybe a little input from the public. Like, um, you know, trails and things are cool, but I'm from that area, and I can't say that a lot of people do a lot of walking through trails. Um, I think that the little kids would probably rather have something to play on and, you know, uh, not saying you got to put another amusement park or anything up, but just things for kids to do and play, not just walking through trails and things like that. Family center, that's awesome. Maybe people can do barbecues and things in that area. Mm -hmm. um, as far as Riverside is concerned, now, you know, I'm not going to – uh, I guess I'll defend a little bit when it comes to the hanging out on Sundays, because um, that's really the only time I go to Riverside on in the summertime. So out of all the whole summer, last summer, uh, being there on the Sundays, I never saw anything that shouldn't be going on at Riverside Park. Now, I will say this. I don't see any little kids at Riverside Park either, not where everybody parks at and plays horseshoes and just, you know, drives around because they want everybody to see their cars and things like that. But I don't see a lot of little kids in that area, maybe on the other side where the uh, swimming pool is and the water park stuff is. So, yeah, we need to make sure the park is safe. But honestly speaking, for somebody that's there on Sundays, even when it's kind of chilly like this, there's nothing. I've never – I hadn't seen any – I'm not saying anything – won't happen. I'm not trying to speak it into existence. Uh, maybe I get there are cops that ride past. There are cops that ride through. If they don't see anything unusual, they keep on going. Um, so, you know, nobody's flagging them down. Nobody's doing anything crazy. So, I mean, I don't know if we necessarily need to have a permanent presence, but I do need, they do need to make sure things are okay. I mean, hey, they could ride through and, you know, just kind of glance. You know, not bother anybody, make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. And as far as guns, I mean, I'm a permanent, I, you know, well, we don't have to have that anymore. But I carry, but I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to uh, 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 intimidate anyone. And I think probably all the other older people around there probably are, too, but packing. But that doesn't intimidate me. When I see somebody's gun on their hip, it doesn't make me get scared and think that somebody's getting ready to do something crazy because we're older people. I'm 51 years old, and like I said, I don't see a lot of little kids in the area that we all older people hang in. But I could say, yes, we could probably use a little police presence at some point, I guess, sometimes. But I haven't been there when anything crazy has jumped off, you know. Um, not saying it won't, but, you know, I get, I get what you're saying, Tina, you know. Yeah. Um, well, that, that was that was good. Uh, the, the Riverside development over there is that when many of us, many of us that I know, we had to go to Cincinnati to go to a, a, a big park, and that's what we did uh, once or twice during the summer. And what we're trying to do here in Indianapolis is build the same type of facility that has all types of things there: horseback riding, all carts, all everything, you know, buggies, uh, swimming pool, everything. There, not, not the negative, but the positive. The park was used for the intended purposes is a great thing that took place today, the groundbreaking. And that's what I'm focusing on. Not 
the one or two that got something on their hip or clogging up traffic to where emergency vehicles and others can't get through. You see what I mean? But I'm just having a nice time riding around, you know, at Riverside on Saturday and Sunday. But there's 100 cars blocking the street over there. And uh, they're all peaceful, but they're blocking the street cruising over there. So you've got to kind of don't do not do that. You know, that's not good. It's not healthy. The parks development. Well, yeah, but, but okay, but, but Councillor Oliver, so what's the solution then? You say don't do that, but how how do you get people not to do it? Well, we, we, we encourage you and I and others not to do those type of things. That I mean, you know, it starts with me, not blaming someone else. Each person sit on their own bottom. Each person raise it's not, it's not a matter of black. I think it's, it's a matter of being proactive so that everybody yes, can right. enjoy that needs and, to be. And, it's not a matter of finger pointing or blame or anything. And I, I certainly, you know, hope that nobody gets that 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 uh, impression. Is that what we're saying? Because we're not. But I, I, I know we've sat here and James, I know you've heard it, too. We've heard many times from people who go to, to these uh, these city parks about how they've been run away from the parks and they wish that there was something that they could do so that they and their families can better enjoy uh, the parks when these not-so-positive uh, elements take over. That's... There are dollars... Joe, go ahead, go ahead, James. Go on, ahead. The, on the parks committee, and yeah. Mr. Mr. Bates yeah. on the park board going to advocate more dollars to hire more Safety officers for the parts. Okay, uh, but yeah, J- James, go ahead. One of the things we yeah. try to do. Okay, well that's that's right. that's positive. Okay, go ahead. James. Yeah, that is positive. And in respect to Councilman Oliver, I mm-hmm. you know I mean, tell, I agree with him that you know they need to be told what the parameters are, and, and Lifestyles knows this too. Um, but there has to be is a carrot and stick approach. I don't know if Reverend Bates would agree with me. Yeah, you can you can you can tell them, but there has to be some stick enforcement. Behind it. Yeah, you have to enforce because it. otherwise they're just going to ignore you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Uh, people do what they're permitted to do. Exactly. Yeah, whenever we exactly. get through That's with it, at the end of the day, if if you don't have any. In any consequences for your actions, you're going to continue to do uh, whatever you were doing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like raising your kids. You know, if you just keep telling your kids, "I'm going to whip you," "I'm going to whip you," and you never whip them, well, yeah. they're going to figure out sooner or later you're not going to whip me. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to do yeah, what I want to talk do. about that. Mm-hmm. And, and and so you know, within that, and I look, you know, I'm going to go back again to being a kid in the park. One of the things that I, I, I see, and, and I'm just going to be honest with you, it, it frustrates me. Uh, we, we have a lot of concerts in the park, and I, I love concerts just as much as anybody else. Uh-huh. But when the focus is more on we want to sell alcohol than it yeah. is we want to do something for our kids, I start to have a problem. Because it's, it's, it's almost as if these people who are coming to get permits to sell this alcohol aren't even thinking about the kids. They're just thinking about themselves. Well, of course. I don't, yeah, that's why they want to sell alcohol. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm not, you know, if, if people, I don't drink alcohol, but if people want to do that, I'm okay with it. But again, you know, when it starts to get warm, that's what I see a lot of people. Well, we're going to have a concert in in this park, that park, and we want to mm-hmm. bring in, and 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 then they'll say, well, okay, you know, we're going to put the serving of alcohol over in this area, and so the kids can't come in that area, and. You know, I'm not trying to push my values on anybody. I'm not trying to force anybody to think the way I think. But, again, when I look at at, at what 
again, I think the parks have have the the use of parks has become misused as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Because primarily, I'm I'm back to I think what James was saying. Have something in you know like. Uh, the pools, the the, the playgrounds. I, yeah. I'm more concerned about these than I am people. You know, we got trails that are connected from Carmel down to South. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, I, and 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 where my church is, and I, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. They're they're trying to put the nickel plate trail down through there. Okay. Yeah. And so we're, we're we're dealing with with the city now on 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 what they want to give us for using our property. Well, and 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 one of the attorneys. Said, well, you know, this is for the neighborhood. I said, listen, the people that live in the neighborhood where my church is, they don't have time, nor do they have resources just to take time out to go walk on the trail. Yeah, that's true. That's these, true. these people are busy trying to live. So, what am I trying to say? The trail's not built for the people who live in our yeah, area. Right. It's built for somebody who's coming through, coming th- and about to come into the neighborhood. Exactly. And I mentioned the word gentrification. There you first. go. There you go. And, and and so that's really what we're talking about. Exactly. And that's why I said if we can get our younger people back into our city, uh, you know, and, and if you want to, wherever you want to raise your kids, that's your business, you know. Uh, but there's going to be some challenges raising your kids in Plainfield and Avon, just like they're going to be in Marion County. That's Absolutely. right. Okay? Probably going to be be worse uh, uh, challenges, but yeah. that's that's a, a conversation for a different day. But yeah. um, I yep. don't know if, if if I what I said just made sense or not. But it, yeah. in my head and in my heart, it makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about today's groundbreaking of uh, the new uh, Riverside uh, Adventure Park. The new Riverside Adventure Park taking the place of the old Riverside Golf Course. Uh, The Adventure Park is going to transform that old golf course uh, into a unique green space with um, all kinds of things, including the trails, uh, Reverend Bates, uh, pavilions, plazas, playgrounds, um, a a whole lot of things. Things. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're in a discussion about park usage uh, right now. Um, if you want to join the conversation, by all means, please feel free, 317-239-1310. Pastor Richard, go ahead. You wanted to talk about Riverside Park security? Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thank you, Tina, James, and uh, hello to uh, Councilman Oliver and Reverend Bates. Uh, you know, and I had a good relationship with uh, the police chief, uh, and uh, the the commander that was over here on Guyon Road, uh-huh. uh, I used to go to the meetings that he used to have. And one of the things that he was willing to do was to have roll call at certain places. And that that brings a police presence. They have roll call, I think, just about every day. So why don't they just have the roll calls at these parks? And that will bring some pr- police presence and maybe alleviate uh, some of the safety issues. Good point. Very good point. Good idea. And roll call is uh, how many shifts they run? They run, what, four shifts? And roll call is every three shift. Four, and, yeah. yeah, I know they run at least three, probably four. You're right, James. And roll call is every shift. Yes. Yeah. Very good idea. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, put put that in your notes, uh, <laughs> Reverend Bates. Put that in yeah, your notes. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, Paula, go ahead. How are you? Thank you, Pastor Richard. Appreciate it. Great idea. Great idea. Hey, hey Tina. Hey. Uh, wish wish we could play golf today, this, uh, but not today. <laughs> um, well, you know, Paula, there's hey, some diehards that would do it today. You know that, right? 
some people are out there. But... I, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Hey, regarding the parks, I used to work for the parks department back in the day in the 70s. And, um, you know, someone mentioned about accountability or maybe more security. But here's the thing. Do they really want to catch these young jitterbugs? Because what about this artificial intelligence that's coming on the scene? They know where people are with their cell phones. Uh, so can't they utilize that to catch these people? You know, do they want to catch them? Do they want to stop us from killing each other? That's my comment. Okay. Um, okay. Thank you, Paula. Um, I I don't know. Uh, I, I think we're more or less talking about just a presence there to kind of ward it off. Uh, don't, right. Yeah, that's that that goes a long way. Um, yeah, I mean, it, they can, they can, you can be tracked by your phone, but, you know, then there's some privacy issues, too. Yeah. And unless true. you're a suspect in a crime, they won't go back and look at where your cell phone pinged, what location, you know. They, it, you, they can't just follow somebody preemptively, but she made a good point. They, they, they can track you if you're suspected of a crime. They can look at the cell phone records and see your approximate location. Yeah, yeah but I think just a regu- the fact that people uh, – who are going there not to enjoy as a family or children or whatever. They, you know, if you know that there's a regular or semi-regular presence there, you're less likely to go and do what you're not supposed, you know, you're less likely to go there if your intention right. is not is right. not to, to just be a part of the park and enjoy it. You're less likely to go when you know that, that somebody is there. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Tina? Uh-huh. Yes, on the, the Riverside Park uh, today, uh, there's been on many, many persons' mind about what you just spoke about, and that's the use of our park. Uh-huh. Uh, they've been underutilized. Washington, uh, Riverside, West Montgomery have been underutilized by those listeners that chooses to use the park for its intended purposes. As you stated, they kind of pull back, pull back, pull back. And over the years, the parks are underdeveloped because they're underutilized. They're not being used. And now we started this back up again oh, about eight, ten years ago. Uh-huh. Get things done, and we're getting them done. Uh, and we're proud of that. Not let those that have other thoughts about use of the parks, oh, let's don't do nothing at Riverside because of one or two persons choose to do something that's not right for the park and is driving you and I and others away uh, from the park and our grandchildren away from the park, we're trying to turn that around and have the park used for the intended purposes where attendance and use of those in the community goes up and start using parks for the intended purposes, then the money and other resources come into those areas. And I and others, including yourself, I've listened to you many times, advocate for things that are good and right for our communities and not let one or two persons do things that make us stop developing our, or advocating development for our own communities because we're thinking about someone coming in to our neighborhood and going to do some things that's not yeah. good for our neighborhood. So let's don't build our houses. Let's don't do anything because we've got to think about uh, how we're going to stop those other persons from living and using our parks and our communities for unintended purposes, so let's not do anything. No, 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 no. Many of us said, no, we're going to go ahead, make improvements, 
development and those that want to do something else, we have to shun them and keep doing what we're doing. Our schools, our libraries, et cetera, et cetera. This conversation, I'm glad we're having it. I'm glad you bring those things up, Tina. And I'm so thankful that the comments that you've made about the use of our parks and those that are in that, how can we use our parks? We need more security. And thank you for bringing that up because we're advocating for more resources to be dedicated to the park ranges. Yeah, yeah. More park ranges. Yeah, yeah if, if there's a budget, there's always creative financing uh, to get some things done, no doubt, as, as Reverend Bates was saying. William, go ahead. You had a comment regarding Riverside Park. How are you doing, Ms. Sam? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? All right. It's good to see that you're feeling better. Oh, thank Riverside you. Park, you <laughs> Riverside Park uh, used to be a place where we would have our church picnics and stuff. Okay. And, and uh, at the people that live in the area don't take care of their own uh, Im- amenities. Uh, they know what trouble is going on in that park. Why don't they contact the police when the trouble is going on in the park? So that the other people can enjoy rather than be ran off. Yeah. One of the worst things that can happen when people are enjoying a fight for the entertainment for the family is to have the, the thugs to I don't care whether you're a 90 year old thug or 13 year old thug, have the thugs to come in and run the good people, the people that are enjoying the park, not only because it's in the neighborhood, uh, they are enjoying the park because it is a nice place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, thank you, William. I appreciate uh, appreciate that. Uh, and, you know, in 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 so many ways, uh, Councillor Oliver, uh, William echoed what you were saying is like, you know, take control, take control of your neighborhood and 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 do do your part to, to see that these folks don't set up camp, um, which, you know, which is a good thing. So, uh, you know, I think William's in agreement with you, Councillor Oliver, and uh, and with you and James and, and Reverend Bates as well. Uh, Ron, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Tina? Doing well. Doing well. Thank Everyone. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to be quick here again. I'm, I grew up in that area also. Uh, and I used to, coach, used to coach football there. Okay. I park with the dad's club. And they're not there anymore. Uh, so there they're go your kids there. Cause we, we were there every time. What happened to them? Where'd they go? I think they went over to that new facility that they built over there where the old Central State used to be. Okay. So, oh, so the, I, I, but it's still a dad's club, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a... Uh, that's on the west side, isn't it, Tina? The CSS out west, right. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but I guess they started using the baseball diamonds, you know, renting those out or whatever. But as long as I've been over there, right, I have never seen uh, a, a disturbance at Riverside Park. Uh, one time they had one on the baseball diamond because, uh, you know, a couple... Some people got out there, they, then they weren't from the neighborhood. But uh, as far as the traffic is concerned, and I'll just make this short. As far as traffic okay, and taking care of the park, okay, that's the park department's job to take care of the, to upkeep the park, okay? Now, I'm not talking about vandalism. Vandalism is a different thing, okay? But when something is painted and things like that, uh, and like the gentleman said, they come out every morning, I guess, and, and or, you know, during the day and police up paper and stuff like that. 
All right. But as far as Riverside is concerned, I, I've been on, I've been listening to you guys. And I'm thinking you're talking about somewhere on Post Road. <laughs> because I just don't see those problems at Riverside Park. No, 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 no. We were talking about preemptive because yeah, we have heard, yeah, but, but because we have heard, we have heard on this show uh, and with very reliable callers that there have been problems. Uh, no, no, I, and I know, I know they have, Tina. And Ron, know, would you I'm, agree that the, the the mindset that that there is? I, I hate to use this word, but because it's a word that I don't like to use, but and, and Reverend Brown uses a lot. But fear. Would you agree that there is fear from just regular family folks to take their children out there? No, I, I don't think so. I oh, don't think so. Okay. I think because most of the people that come to Riverside Park. And I'm saying a, a good amount of them. I can't say 100% of them. Okay. I'm saying that a lot of the people that come to Riverside Park know each other. They grew up in that neighborhood. Okay. Now, it, it, I know it's not like it used to be where Miss Sally could see me acting crazy down the street and go upside my head and then call my parents and say, I just went upside little Ronald's head and then I get it again when I got home. We're not living in those times again. But I, what I'm saying is I just I haven't heard. Uh, of a lot, and I'm sure there are things going on over there that shouldn't be over there. Because I've yeah, seen, yeah, I've people have guys, called and expressed yeah. their frustration yeah. with no, not I've being able to use the park there. the way it was meant to be. I've used. seen guys over there uh, smoking whatever they smoke, right? And because even when I was coaching over there, when we would see something like that, all the coaches would get together and we tell them, "Hey, you guys got to move out of here. We got kids over here," you know. That's so, good. That's what the counselor was yeah. talking about. Yes, that's yeah. Good. We pretty much self-police that, and and because those guys knew us and knew what we were doing, they cooperated. They moved away because when I used to go down there all the time uh, to 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 coach games, they uh, you know they had the horseshoe pit down there, and that was the the old guys, old school guys were there pitching horseshoes and things like. Now I haven't been down there in a, in a while, okay. But like I say, I don't, uh, and I'm sure there may be somebody that's yeah, families that are scared to go over there. I just don't see anything over there. Uh, the old, the picnic area over there, because I think the island of Riverside Park, I've given a couple of my grandkids parties over that island over there on Riverside Park that's, that's right across the street from what yeah, you've been I, able to go to it. Right. I, I think people are going to be extremely excited um, yeah. uh, about this new adventure park when it opens. Yeah. I think that, that we, we were just talking about the maintenance of it so it doesn't go left. So oh, it doesn't yeah, go yeah, the I, way. I, I, you, you see what I'm saying? And again, I have something for James too. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna let you go, James, because your initial question was about what type of things would be over there, and I think that you you had a specific question on different things that were supposed to be over there. So since yeah, you didn't get that, I, did. I went on the internet and I saw that they're gonna have some playgrounds over there, little nice, yep. nice things, slides and stuff like that and so on and so on, and the park is going to be convenient. Uh, but besides the trails, that's, I guess, that's what's going to happen. And places for people to, you know, families to picnic and stuff over there. And if I went on the Internet and saw it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I went on my phone and saw it. And uh, uh, they had a, they have a few pictures, right, or artist renditions of what, what it's going to be looking like. So you may want to are try you, that off. Are you excited? Yes, I am. I am, because I've got, I've not only got, i got, 21 grandkids. I got 
six great grandkids. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Oh my goodness! And we'll be, okay. and we'll be over Congratulations. there. Congratulations! You're gonna need all that park for all those kids and grandkids. You're gonna need every acre. <laughs> I tell them I, I got almost, I almost got. I'm a few short of having an actual infantry rifle company. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, you got a football team there, so you yeah. got a football team. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Ron. Man. Appreciate it. So, but yeah, this, this is you know, as as Reverend Bates and, and Counselor Oliver, as we all said, this is a great. Day. This is a good day. You know, it's gonna be. Yeah good things uh absolutely and and i'm excited to see what comes up i really am and tina let, let, let me say this is this larry base again uh our parks boards meetings they they're open if people want to come see because some of these issues that you're bringing up they could come to our meetings and and, and express these opinions you know we we don't really get a lot of participation from the public until they're they're wanting like to rename a park after somebody. Then we'll get a lot of public uh, uh, participation. But once people tend to get what they want, they tend not to come back. Yeah. Well, that's human. You what I'm saying. Yeah. So so issues. I, I'm sure if, if issues were brought to our meetings, they would get addressed a yeah. lot more quickly. Yeah. Well, I have a question that um, that came to they're, they're not on the air, but they the question is: Does Duke Oliver know? Uh, I guess public hearing for land use near Crispus Attic's property. Uh, signs for the hearing are posted. Are you familiar with this, uh, Councillor Oliver? You on um, Crispus Attic? Yeah, it says, does Duke Oliver know public hearing for land use near Crispus Attic's property? Uh, and then it says signs for the hearing are posted. A little no, bit of shorthand. I follow up on that. No, I, I don't have the details on that. No, I do not. Not at this current time. James, but did you get that message that. too? Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't get the message, but I'm I'm not familiar with that. You know, sometimes when those those orange signs are posted, public mm -hmm. use hearing, that they're, they're somebody seeking a, a zoning change, that uh -huh. could be it, or mm -hmm. or land use change. And by the way, Tina, the word usability that you used uh, is correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't I don't I don't want to be creating words because. Uh, <laughs> Well, thank you, thank you both so much, and congratulations. Let me yeah. follow up on that on that Addis question, but let me sort about back to our parks. East Park has we've encouraged the neighborhood adjacent to that park that form a, a committee, an advisory board called Friends of Garfield, Friends of Tarkington. Yes, yes, Friends I've seen those. Yes. Riverside. Yes, and that group, that group is the one that kind of oversee and watch out and at the grass uh every holiday and so forth the grass is cut the trash is picked up all of that it's back to citizenship participation yeah yeah Not, you know what i mean that all of us all of us i'm representing part of three branches of government mm -hmm. i'm on the legislative branch and that's what i do mm -hmm. legislate vote yeah, yeah. Like so what basically what you're saying councilman oliver is and Reverend Bates, too, because he talked about as a pastor, if he doesn't know what's going on, then he, he can't act on it. If people don't contact, and we have a lot of people who don't even know. They, they're, they're who, their count, who their representatives are. Yes, they don't know who to call. And so that's the challenge there is connectability. I know that's right. word, too, connectability. Yes, if I choose not to read, my grandfather... Albert, born in 1881, he didn't choose not to read. It wasn't even given to him, a school of any kind, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. I come along, two 
generations later, it was there. I was taught how to read. If I choose not to read, in other words, when I got up this morning, the paper is there to tell me it's going to rain, it's going to freeze. If I choose not to read and leave out of the house, not knowing if it's going to rain at 2 o'clock, et cetera, et cetera. If I make those choices, listen to you, Tina and Jane, if I choose to hear that, and not act on it, that's on me. Choices that I made, I selected and purposely chose not to read. They said, well, how come a person don't know uh, this and that? Some of us, not all, but a few of us have made choices not to read, not to understand, and we wait because some of us have been taught and bought into on waiting for my leader to come back, Martin Luther King, Jesus Christ, someone to come down out of the sky and lead me around instead of me not looking around for someone, Martin Luther King or someone, Glenn Howard, Bill Crawford, Julia Carson, looking for a leader to come back to tell me how to act in the park or how to raise my family. That was already taught to me and others. If I choose to make other decisions, that is on the individual, not on the whole group. I just want to say that. But I want to thank you, Tina, so perfectly, you and James, for bringing these. Well, thank you, okay. Counselor, for your involvement and all you I'm do. Not going nowhere. Uh, okay, I know, I know, I know you're coming down to the final few uh, days. Your last council meeting is next month. Uh, and yeah. it's coming up actually, and uh, then you'll uh, you'll go to chapter two. You'll go to another chapter because, like I said, I know you're not going to go sit down. That's that's no, not... no, I'm not. I, I, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm going to. Um, I, I think about those that have gone on. Uh, they're no longer in our presence, uh -huh. uh, at least in our physical presence. Uh -huh. uh, I feel their presence all the time. Mm -hmm. Those that I've mentioned, yes, uh, Mr. Howard. Ms. Carson, Glenn Howard, mm -hmm. so many others, uh, Patricia Knoll. I can go on and on and on. Dr. Frank Lloyd, I mean, there's so many that I, from a distance, uh, I would see them. I was a very young man, uh, very young, in the, in the early 60s, in the mid-60s, late 60s, NAACP, uh, all that. Uh, oh, man, Dr. Pickney. <laughs> you know, I mean, when it comes to education, he and, and uh, yeah. uh uh, Sam Jones, mm -hmm. I mean, they would come down to the school board, the, the city council, by themselves and speak about miseducation of our children, et cetera, et cetera, able to articulate those things. They had a face on the NAACP, the Urban League. So we had all of that. We got it now. Got Dr. Tom Benjamin, don't forget him. To those that were speaking. Yeah. Councilman Oliver, Dr. Tom Benjamin, don't forget him. I look in the mirror, and I see a reflection 
Mm-hmm. And that person is a person that I want, mm-hmm. that I'm looking at. His name is Duke Oliver. I'm yeah. looking at Duke Oliver, and I'm going to tell Duke Oliver to try to do the things that he think that he can do in your life that make you well loved uh-huh, yeah. while you're living. And people speak well to you that I do the kind of things that people say positive things about me while I'm living. There you I, go. When I deceased. Well, Counselor Oliver, I can't thank you enough. And uh, Reverend Bates, thank you for being here with us. I know we, uh, we we spent a little bit more time together than what we had planned, but it was an important conversation to have. So thank you both. And we'll be checking in with you a little later. Again, uh, Counselor Oliver, congratulations. Uh, we'll probably be talking with you after your, uh, uh, your final city county council meeting uh, next month sometime. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, we look forward to it as well. And we'll be back with more Community Connection right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here with our contributing analyst, James Patterson. Uh, We're uh, back together again after, you know, a little bit of an extensive holiday break. Uh, phone lines are lighting up, James. I'm not quite sure yeah. what to... You know, we you never know where a conversation is going to lead, no. do you? You never know. <laughs> but a simple groundbreaking, um, and, you know, it, it just uncovered so many different layers yeah. uh, to usage of our city parks. And, and, and yes. I think the fact that citizens should be able to freely use them uh, as they were meant to be used is is a big issue. And, and like it's a big said, issue. The whole conversation around that, Tina, way to lay it out is, and, you know, we talked about it with Ron and with Lifestyles, and, you know, we had uh, Pastor Richard and William, and some of them feel like it's safe, and some of them, frankly, do not. You know, I mean, come on, let's, but, you know, bless, um, you know, Pastor Bates and Councilman Oliver, they they are working hard to try to make sure, you know, with uh, Reverend Bates being on the park commission, mm-hmm. they are tra- park board. Excuse me, they are trying to make sure that people believe it's safe. But Tina, I'm just telling you, I, I just a lot of people have questions. So, well, know, yeah, so. and and had it not been for the fact that uh, concerned citizens. Um, uh, you know that that have called and told us that, then I wouldn't have brought it up. Right. But we, we yeah. had. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines, brother Ahmad, my cousin. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, Tina. How are you? And- I'm doing well. I haven't heard yeah. from you for a while. You've been working hard. Uh, working hard. I had some medical challenges, but God is keeping me, so I'm truly thankful. Oh, good. I hope you're okay. Oh, great. Yeah, good, good. Glad to hear from you today. So, uh, so what's going on? The Christmas Attics? Uh, yes. So uh, I know that my mom and dad lived in that neighborhood, and I just got off the phone with one of my friends trying to get a little bit of update about it. That's Vanessa Summers area, uh-huh. directly across from Christmas Attics, right on the corner. So what, from what I understand is that IU has acquired Christmas Attics' field, and uh, they're going to mm. potentially repurpose it for something. I don't know exactly what. Uh, hopefully it's not putting apartments or something of that nature there, or they could be revitalizing the stadium area. I'm not 100% The, the football field? I, I, I yeah. agree with you, Brother Mott. I hope so. That's a historic field. That's a historic school. That's a historic land yeah, area, right? The history has to be protected. Yeah. I use buying up a whole lot over in that area. Sure is. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what uh, the you know the email that uh, that I got was uh, regarding um, uh, 
a public notice there, I guess, uh, land use near Christmas. So I, it sounds like uh, public, the, the public is going to have a chance to weigh in because some hearings are, po- are being posted? Yes, that that is what's going to happen. I'm going to try to attend uh, those meetings when I can. But I hope what you I, can let us know. I, that I know now, I, from what I heard, IU has acquired it, and they're going to do something with it. Now, I don't know. Once again, I don't know what, if they're going to revitalize the stadium, because I know the, that stadium is quite old. But uh, once again, I, I just hope that it's not used for some type of living purpose yeah. versus, you know, revitalizing the stadium yeah. for, for its intended purpose, which is to have a football field there. Well, we'll keep looking at it. And anything that you hear, let us know. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Not definitely connect Vanessa Summers and see what she has to say. Okay, yeah, Vanessa Summers indeed. All right. Well, you stay well. You stay well. I, I will. Yeah, I'll do please. The same. All right, bless. take care. God bless. Uh, Pastor Richard, go ahead. Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, uh, thanks, Tina, for taking my call, call again. I just want to, I, I think you talked about this a couple of days ago, and I just don't want this to get off the radar. It's, it's a national incident because what happened in Jackson, Mississippi, with the lady looking for her son. It's an abomination. It's atrocious. It's atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just don't, I want to help, Al Sharpton is probably heading that up, and I just want, I think that should uh, go viral across the country, and that all of us should be kept abreast on what's going on with that, because that is, that is a definite cover-up. When you, um, when you uncover the body and his ID. And his ID was buried with him. There's no way they didn't yeah, know who he was. That's an intentional cover-up. We mm-hmm. don't need to let that go. Everybody involved yeah. uh, should be punished correctly, whatever they got. Come- well, isn't the, isn't the Department of Justice, I mean, are they involved now, DOJ? I think so. I think, I think so. Al Sharpton said Sunday. I listened to him yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I and think I so. You every day. Everybody, everybody and their brothers should be, you know, every law enforcement yeah. and their brothers. Don't, don't let that go. If, yeah. That's one time, like when we mm-hmm. went to Gina, Mississippi, mm-hmm. we sent so many buses down. I was president concerned clerk at the time. And I went down there representing them. We sent so many buses down there, we shut the whole city down. They didn't even have McDonald's open. Mm. And so anytime you can shut down McDonald's, that's a lot of buses. Yeah, it is. So we should not let this go. Mm. I hope the whole nation, uh, you know, pays attention uh, to that. Uh, yeah. Just a little background, and thank you. Thank uh, you, Pastor Richard. Uh, Pastor I appreciate Richard, it. But just- yeah. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump said in a statement that the body of Dexter Wade, I'm reading mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. was exhumed Monday. Yes. And this is Jackson, Mississippi, and that a wallet subsequently found in yes. the pocket of yep. the jeans Wade yep. had been buried in contained his state identification card with his home address, his credit card, and a health insurance card, according yeah. to Associated Press News. So uh, how in the world could you not know who he was when you knew that that you buried his ID with him? You buried his identification and information with him. First of all, uh, and, and, you know, for those who may not know what we're talking about, um, uh, th- this mother, I just, I, my, I, I can't even imagine what she's going through. In, in Jackson, Mississippi, reported her son missing. Um, her 37, was he 37 years old, 38 years old? Uh, uh, maybe 39, father of a couple of kids and whatever, missing. And the, the the police department basically stonewalled her, said they didn't know. And in the meantime, what had happened was a it, her son had been hit and killed by a police cruiser, right? 
Yes. And so he laid in the morgue for months, a couple of months, and then they just decided to go ahead and bury him in a potter's field uh, that they bury unclaimed and unidentified bodies with, and they buried him with his identification, like you just said, and like Reverend Richard just said. Yeah, 37 years old, with, 30, like you said, Tina, a Jackson Police Department SUV driven by an off-duty mm-hmm, officer, mm-hmm. Uh, died March 5th, and just disappeared. I mean, didn't try to contact the family. And, and she, the mother reported him missing. ID. She reported yes. him missing. And the police, they didn't, I mean, how could you not know? Yes. How? How could you not know? Why? What? So um, I believe Reverend Al's uh, National Action Network uh, was instrumental in the exhumation and has been kind enough to uh, pay uh, for a proper burial uh, for uh, Mr. Wade and uh, Reverend Sharpton, of course. Uh, you know, officiating over that and, and has called has been called in from, the you know, by the family uh, to assist. And I think he gladly I know he will gladly do that. But that's just James. I mean, you talk about head scratchers. I and, and you know, the reverend was right. We uh, attorney Ben Crump confirmed to the reading a little mm-hmm. bit more the Associated Press that the address on the I.D. card mm-hmm. matched the address of Wade's mother, as Tina said, who had reported him missing. Betterston Wade was her name, who said she didn't learn of her son's death until months, months. after he was buried he with had already his buried ID. with his ID, yeah. buried, buried in a potter in a potter's field, like for yeah. you know, it, like he had nobody, no family, no no, you know, just just John Doe, just John Doe, yeah. uh, and so the officer who hit him in the vehicle. That somebody, you know, if you hit somebody and kill them, your vehicle is going to show signs of that. Right. So somebody is covered up the vehicle. Somebody has either repaired or trashed that vehicle. There's so much to this to unwrap and and to unpack. This is why people just, you know, I can't blame them. I would. And I mean, I'd be like Council Oliver. You know, I got to do something. But this is why this is this. This is terrible news because it really pushes people to give up, Tina. They just say, oh, my God, what can I do? Mm-hmm. You know, when this stuff still goes on in mm-hmm. the 21st century, what, yeah. what do I do? Well, um, thankfully, uh, Reverend Sharpton, National Action Network, and, and as Reverend, uh, Reverend Richard was saying, the entire nation is, is keeping our eye on that. And, yeah. you know, we certainly will, uh, will give updates and certainly thoughts and prayers go out to that mother and his family and his children. It's just um, horrendous. It's, it's, it is horrendous, horrendous. So, um, but anyway, uh, but James, uh, we there were a couple of other things we didn't get a chance to get to today. We'll have to, uh, we'll, we'll have to just pick it up perhaps on Friday when we do 100% open lines. Um, yeah, I think yeah. we've got uh, what is Friday. Uh, the, well, we've the got first we've got, of December. Friday is December first. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's see. December first. Yeah, let me. Let me yeah, including um, one thing that we talked about earlier, but we'll get to it later. It's uh, Mark Russell over at the Urban League again. Oh yeah. Sent us some good information mm-hmm. about, um, you know, oh, this uh, preemptive action by state legislatures. Yeah, red, red, Yeah, red states trying to run blue cities. 
Yes, yeah. absolutely. And there's lots of examples. There's lots of examples, including Indiana. We got a red legislature yeah. trying to run our blue cities. Uh, basically, yeah. Republicans are trying to run the Indianapolises, the Fort Waynes, and the, the Evansvilles, yeah. the, 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 the highly Democratic areas. So, yeah, thanks for that um, for that article, Mark, and we will dive into that a little bit more, as well as some of the other things we didn't get a chance to get to today. But, hey, uh, today needed to be talked about. So that's what we did. Hey, today the parks took over. Today it took over. Uh, So, James, a little programming note. Want to make sure everyone is aware uh, and and is is, is aware of the fact that we are inviting everyone to join us uh, this Saturday uh, for the Eskenazi Health Insurance Fair. Uh, Open enrollment for health care coverages through the federal marketplace run from now until Monday, January 15th. Open enrollment in general, like on your jobs, just wherever, everybody's enrolling now uh, before the, you know, before the first of the year to make sure that your health care and everything is covered. So uh, to help the community prepare for open enrollments, uh, Eskenazi Health is going to host an insurance fair this Saturday, December 2nd from 10 until 2. Uh, there will be a lot of people there. Eskenazi Health Financial Eligibility Services are going to be available. And, James, what I love about this fair is that these are real live humans. They are not artificial intelligence voices and things talking to you. Uh, it's it's not somebody, it, it's not it, it's not electronic, you know, it's not digital. Yeah. It's a real human. Uh, and that human interaction is very, very important, especially when it comes to confusing things like enrollment, uh, you know, re, uh, redeterminations and all kinds of other things. So On your health coverage, yeah. On your health care coverages and things of that nature. So it's going to be at the Eskenazi Health downtown main campus. That's at 720 Eskenazi Avenue. Parking is free. Uh, and uh, you can park in the uh, the parking garage or you can just go directly uh, uh, through uh, Route 10 if you're taking the bus on 10th Street. Uh, again, uh, services are going to be available. We're going to have uh, flu and COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, if you bring your kids, bring them as well. Fun activities for the entire family and, of course, free drinks and snacks. And, again, yours truly, myself and Radio 1, our, our staff, we're going to be on site uh, there uh, in support mode as well. So, um yeah, be sure to join yeah, us. You know, people have lots of questions, particularly mm-hmm. people who are enrolled in, in Medicare. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see all these commercials on TV, you know, about it, now the time through December 7th, I think it mm-hmm. is, to mm-hmm. if you want to, you know, re-enroll in the same uh, Medicare coverage mm-hmm. uh, with the same company or you want to change it. I mean, these people are there, like you said, in person, and they can help mm-hmm. you to determine what's the best coverage for you and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there are certain yeah. plans that give uh, certain people in certain zip codes. They, it even pays their premium. You know, they they, they don't they don't take it from their mm-hmm. Social Security. What so it's, it's an important event. Yeah, and we want to make sure that everyone is aware that they can join us. It's free, uh, and we'll be there live in person this Saturday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Uh, so be sure to put that on your calendar and make note of that. Uh, that's all the time we have for right now. We're really running short. Uh, AJ is told me, Tina, we got to go. We got to go. We're always praise AM 1310 and 95.1 FM, Indy's inspiration. Our website, praiseindy.com. Willie Moore Jr., your nephew, uh, is on the radio. He is up next. Thanks, as always, for listening. We're going to talk again tomorrow. James, uh, we'll talk again to you on Friday. Uh, As always, until then, everyone be safe and be well. Thank you so much, James, and welcome back. Yeah, thank you, Tina. My pleasure. For James Patterson, I'm Tina Cosby, and this is Community Connection.